Welcome to the Hub Crawl, a roundtable podcast discussing all things Disney. I'm Teg. And I'm Eric. Each episode, we invite two guests to bring a question and talk about one of our favorite things, Disney. Well, this week, we want to welcome Ruthie to the show. Ruthie is the co-host of the Jiminy Crickets podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or on their website at jcricketspodcast.blogspot.com, and also the co-host of the Dateline Jiminy Crickets, their monthly YouTube show, which you can find on the DisneyChris.com spelled out YouTube channel. Welcome, Ruthie. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. And also joining us this week is Steph. She is an avid Disney podcast listener, supporter, and has a public Instagram dedicated to her family and her adventures as Magic Key Holders called Magic Key Adventures. Now, if you want to look that up, that's Magic underscore Key underscore Adventures. She says she loves connecting with her fellow Disney fans, and she also helps moderate a Facebook group called Disneyland with Kids. Welcome, Steph. Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for both of you guys for being on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Let's start off. Teg, what is your question for us this week? So this one, I have a habit on this show of asking questions <laughs> and then immediately going, I don't oh, know no. the answer to this. What have I gotten <laughs> myself into? So this week... What is your least favorite Disney film that you've ever watched? And why is it your least favorite? Ruthie, let's start with you. So a lot of the listeners of our podcast know that probably my least favorite film is Bambi. And that has nothing to do with the animation style or anything like that or the characters. It's clearly because of the story, because to me, it's so sad. And it's it's such an emotional roller coaster for me that's really hard for me to make that a rewatchable film and like Disney films, I really want them to be rewatchable. So because of that, that's why I'm picking this. Now this movie, it has some amazing animation. One of the first uh, obviously animated films that Disney made. And it also has the uh, first ever actually credited woman animator, Retta Scott, uh, that was assigned to this film. But I'm and and also the characters they're so cute they're so lovable which again part of the reason why the story is really hard for me to watch because who doesn't love Bambi Thumper I don't want Bambi to go through the things that he does in that film so and I don't really want to keep watching it over and over so that's why I picked Bambi <laughs> That's a good choice <laughs> um, it, yeah kind of continuing along that rewatchable theme for me it's the good dinosaur it's a Disney mm, Pixar mm -hmm. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, it, the, the char some of the characters are interesting and fun. They're maybe not as memorable as Flower and Thumper and Bambi. Mm -hmm. Yes. But yeah, it's just too sad. I, I think it's sadder. I, I don't know. <laughs> you get to know Bambi's mom pretty well, I guess, in that movie. Mm -hmm. In Good Dinosaur, you lose you lose the, the, the parent early on and... They did a good job of of setting up that like it's another one of those. It's kind of like up where you suddenly get emotionally invested really quick mm -hmm. the way that they have it set up because Pixar knows what they're doing. They yeah. can tug on those heartstrings. But then at the end of the movie, after you've had this whole adventure, these two friends part never to see each other again. Mm -hmm. And I was going through some stuff at that time when we watched it. it my... We thought we would have to put one of our dogs to sleep because what was it? Did he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had adopted this this uh, this other puppy and this she wasn't adapting well to the family. And we thought we'd have to put one of our dogs to sleep. And finally, our vet talked some sense into us and said, no, don't, 
don't get rid of your family member just to to accept a new puppy. Get rid of the puppy. And yet we uh, some friends took the puppy and it's it was great after that. But but yeah, we were going through this emotional trauma at the same time that we're watching this movie where these two characters have gone through so much and then they part. And oh, yeah, it was it was too much. It was too much. And I will never watch it again. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Disney Pixar. I'll, I'll watch Bambi again. It's been a long time. I, I think it was the first movie I ever saw in theaters or the first, first Disney movie, at least I ever saw in theaters. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd watch that again before I'd ever watch The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> Steph? Oh, yeah. Brings back bad memories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Steph, what's your take? So I picked a Disney Marvel movie. So please don't hate me, but I did not like Thor Love and Thunder. Now, before mm. you start throwing your pitchforks my way, it was <laughs> it was just the the way they did Thor and how he was kind of like this dumb jock kind of person instead of like an evolved human on Earth. He was just kind of he was kind of dumb. And I was disappointed in, in that fact because I really love and respect Thor. And I just I thought his character could have been stronger. So sorry, guys. That's- <laughs> I've heard other people say the same. I really love Thor. I, I I'm into it. But yeah, I've heard other people say the same exact thing. They they leaned too hard into dumb Thor. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Otherwise, the movie is pretty good, except for just that that character development right there. I just I felt like he had no character. So hmm. okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I. Oh, sorry, Good Ted. choices. Yeah. No, that's okay. Good choices. Um, I will tell you that, Eric, honestly, I thought that your story of why uh, why it was – I've never seen The Good Dinosaur. I thought your story of why it was sad was my guess would have been that the, the meteor comes and all of them are wiped out. So I was like, of course it's sad. Like, you get to in, – into the anyway, I don't know anything about no, the movie. I'm just – actually. There's a great premise at the beginning of the movie where the meteor comes and it just flies overhead and all the dinosaurs look at it and watch it pass by. So the whole premise is the dinosaurs don't get wiped out and humans evolve anyway, but they're kind of like dumb. They're almost like pets because the dinosaurs learn how to build houses and things. So, yeah. Okay. Like I said, never (laughs) saw it. So maybe I should see it. I mean, this is kind of a weak category for me anyway, because... Uh, anybody who's ever listened to any of the podcasts I've been on, I'm a Disney Parks fan, and there's a lot of Disney movies I have not seen. So, But of the ones I've seen, Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy was the worst, because I love the Haunted Mansion. I think most people love the Haunted Mansion. And they did such an amazing job with the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and I was like, great, let's get a haunted mansion movie that's on that same caliber and it sucked in my opinion (laughs) and i'm even more saddened because they're coming out with the with a new haunted mansion movie and it looks like it could be better than the eddie murphy version but it still doesn't look like the pirates level of like a real serious movie that happens to be based on the Haunted Mansion. It's like, for some reason, with the Haunted Mansion, they always go that goofy route. And I don't know... <laughs> like, I understand that the, the Haunted Mansion is, like, playful and kids and all of that stuff. I get it. But Pirates was playful, but it still was, like, a good movie. <laughs> Why yeah. can't you do that? Yeah, and most of the references are really clever. Yeah. But- yeah. And even though it was playful, it it was still, like, serious. Mm-hmm. Pirates was serious. Like they, 
even though they were doing jokes and stuff like that, they really were in, I mean, come on, Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow, like that's the ultimate uh, character. Like he was in that character. He became that character. So the person, whoever is the star of this movie, because I don't really know, I don't know if it's Rosario Dawson or if it's, you know, uh, Owen Wilson, because I don't know if there's like one main star in the new Haunted Mansion movie, but that person needs to own that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I <laughs> want it, I I, I want the same level of respect for the Haunted Mansion that the Pirates think. Mm-hmm. And Pirates did really successful. They made, what, five movies or something now? And, you know, they weren't mm-hmm. all great, but at least the first one was like really amazing. And of course, Johnny Depp. Ruthie, you were talking about the that they that it was still a serious movie. It's kind of like Marvel, where mm-hmm. Marvel yes. is a serious set of movies, but they add humor. Yep. And that's what people like about it. There's something for everyone. Yeah. Jungle Cruise did it too. Yeah. I love the Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. I'm a big I shouldn't be, but I'm a big rock fan because <laughs> he just doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. And there's something about that. Like he just knows he doesn't take himself seriously and he just has fun. So <laughs> anyway, well, that wraps up our first question. Now we go to Ruthie for their question. All righty. So my question is, so we recently lost beloved Disney Imagineer Raleigh Crump, and he's one of my favorites. But this just got me thinking, like, what Imagineer do you think has had the greatest impact on the parks besides the original Imagineer Walt Disney? So, Eric, what do you think? I I really love Joe Rohde. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, such a such a big a big name. One of those. I mean, there's so many Imagineers you barely ever hear the names right. of. Yeah. And you're not even allowed to know some of their names. So mm-hmm. he was one of those people that was put forward to say, here's this. This personality, he joined he joined the Imagineers when uh, in 1980 when they were working on Epcot. So that was his first big thing. There's this great mention in the book Disney War, which if you haven't read is is a fantastic read about the the rise and fall of of Michael Eisner. And uh, he it's his first visit to Imagineering. So he's already been on this whirlwind tour of the parks where he meets all of these pristine cast members and he noted notes that they all have very very well trimmed hair and they're all very well dressed and then he goes to imagineering and there's a guy with an earring that hangs down to his shoulder (laughs) and that's joe roadie they don't even name him in this section but if you know anything about him you know that that's joe roadie but it's great that he made this impression on Michael Eisner early on to be like oh anything goes with these guys i like these guys this is fun (laughs) But he built uh, the entire park of Animal Kingdom. He was also there to expand Animal Kingdom with the Pandora section and and the Asia section. He he built uh, you know Everest. But yeah, Joe also built the 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 Olani Resort in in Hawaii, and he built one of those white whales for for people, uh, the Adventurers Club at Downtown Disney in in Orlando. The, this fabled semi attraction restaurant that that will go down in infamy amongst those who remember it, and for those who don't seek it out, there's a lot of really interesting and weird stuff that happened in this place. Uh, so that that's why I picked Joe Rody. I think he he had a huge impact. He built a literal park. He's built resorts. He's been all over the place. And he left rather suddenly under circumstances that are still outstanding when it comes to uh, the changes in in leadership and, and imagineering itself over the years. Which I'm is very unfortunate, sad but. 
that yeah. there was rumors that he was working on a Disneyland Tomorrowland redo. Oh, for years. Uh, yeah. And yeah. then he left. So that's kind of. Uh, he said you know, he was going to fix Tomorrowland now. and fix the Yeti in Everest before he left. And he did neither of those. Things. <laughs> Thanks. Bob oh, well. <laughs> We're stuck with Disco Yeti. Uh, <laughs> Steph, what, what, uh, what, what Yetis do you have to talk about? <laughs> Gosh, Ruthie, this was such a great question. And I love Imagineers. And I, and I, while I know all like a lot of their names, it's, it's so hard for me to remember, you know, which ride or system to attribute to them. So instead of picking a name, I just like the group of Imagineers who created the trackless ride system. I just, I think they're amazing ah. and I think they're the future. And I think Walt would have really loved this new system and what it'll bring to the parks because we have so many great rides throughout all of the parks, like not even just Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I believe Tokyo has one too. And so I just think that that's the future and those Imagineers are just doing an amazing job. Really good point. Yeah. What do you think, Tag? I mean, I, I'm with you. Imagineers do some wonderful work, uh, even their small things, even not even full rides, but just the attention to detail that they have for everything. I mean, they, they're truly artists in a lot of different uh, facets of their work. So I have to agree that uh, this is a wonderful question. But I think I would say Marty Sklar. And the reason that I say that is, you know, he was around with Walt. So, of course, anybody connected to Walt, I think, uh, you know, is a is a peg above because he got to see the, the man in action, if you will. And, you know, he kind of ran Imagineering for a long time. And, you know, one of the talks at D23 that we saw was talking with his family because after he passed, they found all of these boxes upon boxes of notes. Like he never threw anything away. He was kind of a, his wife was there talking about how he was basically a hoarder. <laughs> and they had all these boxes and none of them were, were labeled correctly. And they've just like he opened a box, like she opened a box and there was just all these different things in it. And so they're, they're, in the process of getting a lot of that turned over to the Walt Disney archives at the moment, but just somebody like that, that has so much history with the parks and, and ran Imagineering, I think uh, is somebody who uh, I think has a great impact on the parks for, for a long duration. I mean, he was doing stuff with the parks longer than Walt was doing it, you know, in, in the scheme of things. And I think he was really passionate about trying to keep that vision that Walt had alive for as long as possible. And then of course he retired and it, you know, passed on to the next person. And then of course he, he passed away a few years ago. So I would love to have seen him talk in person. I think it would have been fascinating to hear some oh, of the yeah. stories. But Ruthie, who were you thinking about when you came up with this question? Would, would Rolly Crump have been your choice before or is it always the person you're going to say now? No, it's it's always the person I'm going to say. I mean, Rolly Crump is one of my favorites, but the person that I'm picking is Mark Davis. And that's because he has a hand in everybody's favorite attractions that are still at all of these parks right now. You go on a you go to any Disney park, you want to go on a Haunted Mansion type ride, a Pirates ride. And he had huge hands in those attractions beyond and beyond those but Jungle Cruise, I mean, Walt specifically went to him and asked him to add some, you know, humor to his attractions because these attractions were not as fun as he wanted them to be. So he started with the Jungle Book. He also did worked on Mine Train at 
to Nature's Wonderland at, at Disneyland back in the early 60s. And he added, uh, you know, some humor. And this is the stuff that you still see today. You know, the, the people up the totem pole with the rhino at the bottom, you know. <laughs> yeah. All of this stuff was all, all came from Mark Davis's head. Everything, all of the little jokes that you see in Haunted Mansion. Also, you know, like in uh, Pirates, the, uh, you know, the redhead scene, the original scene. All of that was from Mark Davis. Um, the 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 portraits in the stretching room in Haunted Mansion that he designed all of that. So to me, I feel like his impact is so strong and so lasting and so connected to what we all think of as Disney parks. That's why I picked him as as the one who I think has the greatest impact. Really good points. I, I think well, yeah. I mean, there have been so many great Imagineers, mm-hmm. but. Um, but yeah, Mark Davis had a huge impact on the parks for sure. Yeah. Well, we are now two questions down, which means we have reached our halfway point. So please head on over. If you enjoy what you're listening to and you want to help support our show, head over to thehubcrawl.com slash support. For a few dollars, you can get access to our super awesome secret bonus question each each episode and you can get access to the episode a little bit earlier a couple days earlier and listen to the entire thing have a little more fun with everybody that we have on uh, on each week and yeah you can join our discord chat where we actually post the bonus question a few days ahead of time and ask for your answers which is a a new feature and we have a few answers to contribute today that it's going to be fun i'm really looking forward to this bonus question in particular so head over to the hubcrawl.com support throw a few dollars our way and have a little extra fun if you enjoy this and you you probably do i mean why why not i enjoy this you should <laughs> i think everybody enjoys this. i mean if you're listening and not enjoying it i think uh, something's up <laughs> right, right. Maybe switch over to some other quality podcasts like DL Weekly or The Supreme Resort. <laughs> or Jiminy Crickets. Yes. Or Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> My goodness, I got to say, Ruthie, you put in so much time on, mm-hmm. on your show, but the Tiki Room in particular. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I've we really to- dove deep on that episode. There's so much information. I'm like, where did they find this? This is so <laughs> great. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely check out some of the episodes on, on Jiminy Crickets. If you've never listened to their show before, I, I love it. It's great. Thank you. Just a little extra <laughs> ad in the middle there. Okay. Well, go ahead, Tag. Every time we have people on that have podcasts, I am always going right to my podcast app and and going specifically (laughs) to the episodes that are mentioned because I haven't had a lot of time, but I always want to, when I do have time, I want to listen to the ones that people have talked about. And now I'm looking for the Tiki Room here. Ours Uh, are long, so you need to harder. Yeah, they're long. And it's been a couple, was was that a couple years ago? Yeah, that was... 2018. 2018, yep. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of my other favorite podcasts that we've done, we did a really good deep dive on the Country Bear Jamboree and America Sings, which also Mark Davis attractions. So, (laughs) um, and those are also, I believe, two parters. So, yeah, I mean, they're you're a good five hours into some of our podcasts. (laughs) That's okay. I sometimes want a long podcast, but what, like I said, what ends up happening is that I end up having all of these. I have a ton of episodes of various podcasts that are just sitting there 
that for one reason or another, I never get to. One of the reasons is I listen to podcasts when I go to sleep. And okay. mm-hmm. all of these episodes are things I actually want to pay attention to. <laughs> right. So I don't want to, because it'll keep me awake. And the whole point mm-hmm. is to fall asleep. <laughs> right, so, right. <laughs> now I feel bad for the podcast. He used to fall asleep. <laughs> well, you shouldn't feel bad because I do support them on Patreon. So uh, I support them and, and it's tech tech news stuff. So like, it's something that I can kind of, I don't have to, it's not like I'm learning history. It's just kind of like, you know, I'm a, te- I'm a nerd. So I'm yeah. just listening to tech stuff. So, <laughs> all right. Well, after all of that, it's time to get back to the questions. Let's hear what Eric has for us this week. And let's see how we can continue this episode after the great questions we've already had. <laughs> right. Uh, lots left to talk about here. Steph, you're going to, you're going to kick us off here, but if you could redesign any attraction queue, which one would you pick and how would you change it? Okay. So I picked two. Tag does it all the time. <laughs> I, listen, okay. I listen to the hub crawl. Tag does this all the time. So I That's am fine. picking <laughs> Autopia and I'm picking the Submarine Voyage. So I picked Autopia because, you know, it's just one of those rides. I know I know Tag doesn't like it. Um, but you know, kids. <laughs> Kids love this ride. They drag their parents to this ride because they want to drive the car. But the queue is so boring. And with, you know, Radiator Springs Racers having like such a cute queue and it's just, you know, it brings you into Radiator Springs and and everything. I just I feel like Autopia kind of needs that like raceway type of queue as well. And then with Submarine Voyage, you know, since it's been overhauled into Finding Nemo, there's no Finding Nemo inside the queue so i would love to see you know something there i don't i don't know what because i i'm just i i can't think that far ahead but it would be nice to have you know finding nemo stuff in the queue and it not be just you know this snake line this boring snake line to go into the submarine anyways that's my opinion Tag. <laughs> well one of my favorite things in queues in Disneyland is actually in the queue for the submarine voyage. And what I like about it, and it's it's evil of me, but <laughs> it drives me crazy when people sit on the handrails in the queues and they put the little wave things so it's painful in that line and nobody <laughs> sits on it. And the first time I stood in that line, I said, oh, somebody, somebody's seen me. They understand. Because <laughs> um, I think of stuff like that all the time. Like I think about, uh, this is so off topic, but that's my brand. You know, I think about this all the time. Like when people don't come to a full stop at a stop sign, I'm like, we should have spikes that come out and you have to stop. <laughs> and when you stop, the spikes go away and you can go through and people would stop at stop signs. Uh, anyway, I'm, you tell I'm them, evil like that. I just want people to follow the rules. That's all. <laughs> but for me, I'm going to say Peter Pan in Disneyland. Now... Teresa and I, when we went to Disney World, the Peter Pan queue in Disney World is amazing. Now, Disney oh, World yeah. has lots of space, etc. And Disneyland just kind of doesn't. And this queue is just awful. First of all, it seems like it's very... Sh- all of the Fantasyland queues are very narrow. And I've gotten hit so many times by people's backpacks when they turn and are not paying attention to the fact that they have a backpack that's bigger than they are. Kids... Again, hanging on the banisters and stuff. Can't you? So whatever, like, hate that. But then also it seems to move at this glacial pace for some reason. And then every time you think you're getting close, 
they do some strange configuration of the switchback that somehow moves you further away <laughs> when you thought you were going closer. Oh, yeah. There isn't a lot of room to do anything there. I will say that we actually thought perhaps that what is now Merlin's shop that's there now, we, we kind of thought at one time that maybe they would take that shop and some of the area in front of Peter Pan, not a lot, just a little, and somehow theme it better and make it so it wasn't like as out into the walkway and stuff that was that was a thought i don't know how else to do it there's not a lot of room in fantasy land so i mean i guess it is what it is i did like the idea of like when they had the rocket rods and they had the queue go underground but i don't think Mm. we're gonna do that in fantasy land but yeah what about you ruthie what's Mm. your what's your attraction so i'm also picking a disneyland attraction and it's space mountain now really the outside because When you're outside of that building, if you've never been on that attraction, you don't even know what it is. You know, it's just this white building with some, you know, spires in the top. And you don't really get the idea of what it is until you get into the main building where you see everything moving and, you know, the loading. So and then they do have a little bit more in um, Walt Disney World in the queue with some spacemen and things like that. So I think they need to add more to the outside part, which, you know, that wasn't really supposed to be where you queued up for the ride originally. Anyway, that used to be like a patio where people ate. So, yeah, you know, I I want them to kind of if this is going to be the queue that they are going to use, then I want them to make it more space themed. I don't have any specific things that I would say, but. You know, there's a reason why if you use the the app, they have a game that you play while you're waiting in line because they don't have anything for you to do or for <laughs> anything for you to see. So, you know, I just kind of want them to get kind of give you a better idea of what you're going getting yourself into before you get on the ride. And unfortunately, you know, the last the last few times I've been there, one when, when, you know, with Lightning Lane and everything, you don't even get to any, spend any time in the actual indoor queue because they hold you at the beginning and they let so many people through that you basically walk straight on through until you're basically mm-hmm. in the loading area. And I'm like, it's hot outside. It's air conditioned in this hallway that you're not right. putting anybody in. Get Put more people, people in, this in that hallway. cold building. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if they're going to do something, I, I don't mean to hijack your thing, but there's the, there's the Magic Eye Theater or whatever it's called now that's there that they're not right. using. Turn that yeah. into part of the queue. Bring mm-hmm. back the escalator that they used to yes. have back in the day. Yes. That was amazing. Yep. Or the speed ramp. It was the speed, speed ramp. ramp. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They definitely need to do something because it definitely looks makeshift right now. Yeah. What about you, Eric? <laughs> well, Teg stole mine. But now that I'm thinking about it, Ruthie, I'm I'm definitely on on team fixed Space Mountain. My my only problem with the Walt Disney World Space Mountain is you immediately go from the blinding Florida heat <laughs> and sun and it's dark. Yeah. You yeah. go around, you go over this weird like uh space age ball pit that no one's allowed to play in. <laughs> and you go around a corner and then you're just heading down this hallway that's dark. And it's not bad. I I mean, you're indoors, it's cool. And I I think they did they stop the games? They they changed up the Last games that they I had. Yeah, hmm. but it's still at least spacey and you get right. the general feel. And by the time you get onto the ride, your eyes have have changed to accept the darkness, which is which isn't bad. But yeah, that, that one's weird, too. 
thinking about it now. But <laughs> but anyway, yes, both both your Space Mountain and Peter Pan callouts there are are definitely correct. They have terrible cues. I think I'm going to stick around uh, the Anaheim area. I'm heading over to DCA and I'm going to reroute the queue in Guardians to be more inside the building. Similar thing. This queue was supposed to, once you got inside the building, you were supposed to be inside long enough to at least see the entire video, the entire pre-show mm -hmm. once before you got in. And now, no matter whether you're you're going in on the lightning, if you're going in on the on the lightning lane, you're you're just moving on. There there might be a video in the background, you don't get to see it. And if you're in the regular queue, you're also just coming in the front door and heading straight back into into the next part of the pre-show. You're missing this whole video that even has a great Stan Lee cameo. Mm -hmm. It's it's setting up the general premise before you get into the room with Rocket and everything. I feel like it's a missed opportunity and some some really great Imagineers took some time to write an extra script that they, uh, you know, they probably tacked on one like half hour of filming during during Guardians 2 to get everybody in the cast to do this. And yeah, you just no one sees it. You don't you get you don't get to look at all of the great artifacts that they have around the room. This was another Joe Rohde redesign, mm -hmm. by the way, yeah. where they they packed this area with so many references that are it, things that aren't even they haven't shown up in any of the movies since then. They're still really deep cut comic book nerd things. And you don't see any of it because you just run through that room and get into the into the room with the robot. Eric, I feel like I have the opposite problem happened to me. Uh, the oh, last time I rode stuck? there, we got <laughs> held in that room while they let the entire park's worth of lightning lane through. <laughs> and we weren't moving at all. And when we did move, they would, I'm not exaggerating, they would grab one group of people, two, mm. three people, and then stop, and then let like two whole rooms of lightning lane in, and then let like four people, and then let two whole rooms of lightning lane and I remember going, I've seen this now three times that I've been in here and we have moved oh, okay, okay. five feet ahead. So I, I've experienced the opposite problem that you had, but they really yeah. just need to mess with the timing with that. Oh, yeah. I wonder I wonder if they, they do change where it is because I know I've done standby and I've been stuck. I don't remember exactly when this was, but I, I have this memory of being stuck outside. Like, can we just go in? At least it's air conditioned and there's mm -hmm. a movie. Mm -hmm. There's stuff to look at. Out here, I'm listening to the same loop of random sounds. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the most interesting. Okay, well, we'll wrap that one up here. So that was, see, th these are great questions. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the, for the next one here. Steph, uh, let's, let's end out our, our regular show here with your final question. Go for it. Okay. So as you mentioned, I do moderate a Facebook group called Disneyland with Kids. So we get a lot of questions all the time. And one of the top questions besides what stroller to bring to the parks is what shoes do you wear 
to the parks because you're you're walking you're you're walking miles and if you're park hopping you're you're walking even further so one of the top questions is you know what do you wear to the parks what shoes do you like what shoes do you guys recommend people wear to the parks i know i know what not to recommend one of my friends wore <laughs> wore sandals or flip-flops depending on how you call them to the park and she said that was the worst idea she ever had because that's that's not meant for that although i see people in flip-flops at the parks all the time, and I don't understand yeah. it. I also want to laugh, Steph. I'm not going to go on a tangent with you about this, but you're talking about strollers, <laughs> and my my gut reaction is the correct stroller to bring to the park is no stroller because strollers Ooh. are terrible. <laughs> but that's they coming from problem. me, a, a childless, a childless millennial. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't have a problem with strollers when it's for little kids, but I have seen like five, six, seven year old kids in anyway. I'm not going to go into it. Uh, but for me, I usually wear tennis shoes or something else that's comfy i usually pick i bring usually two pairs of shoes and i i kind of i i bring ones that i normally wear and then i have like a pair of tennis shoes that i don't wear as often and i kind of just go with like what do, what do i feel like today kind of a thing i have seen a lot of people wearing crocs to the park and i know a lot of people give grief to crocs but a couple of things that i feel like might be good for them is one they're light they're not going to stay wet or even really get wet if you go on a water attraction. They just kind of, you just kind of, you know, wave them off and all the water will go away. <laughs> and a they're really comfortable. I mean, every time I go to any type of doctor's office or whatever, like it seems like everybody's wearing Crocs because they're on their feet all day long. So that might be a good idea. I don't have any Crocs for that, but I would not be necessarily opposed to it. Uh, but in general, I'm opposed to Crocs, so who knows? Ruthie, how about you? So I probably have an unusual answer here, but this is what I wore the last time I went to the parks, which was back when at D23, I was at Disneyland and DCA. And I wore my shoes. They're called pillow slides. And they are basically close to a crock. They don't look the same, but the same type of material, but they're squishier than a crock. Hmm. So it really kind of forms to your foot after a while when you wear it. And you literally just kind of feel like you're walking on air. So these are the shoes that, I mean, I had three or four different pairs. I just rotated pairs. And that's what I wore all day when I was walking around the parks and and I don't have the best feet. I So that's one of the reasons why I really took the time to pick the right kind of shoes, because I knew I, I'm not normally on my feet the way that you are at a park. So, you know, basically like, what, 12 hours? So or I more. knew that I had to, yeah. So <laughs> I knew I had to take care of my feet. So that's why I picked these shoes. So I don't know if you've ever heard them. You can get them on Amazon or there's just like a Pillow Slides website. But they are the best investment that I've ever purchased for just normal shoes. I wear them all the time. So I'm looking at them now. These look pretty great. Yeah, they do look great. <laughs> not too expensive either. That's not bad. So what about you, Eric? Well, I generally wear running shoes um, and I tend to the, the, the running shoes that have fit me best for a long time are New Balance shoes. I usually bring two different pairs. So I'm in that that boat, too, and you rotate them. I've been my main park shoes, my favorite park shoes are from a Run Disney event back when Run Disney's main sponsor was New Balance. And that's when they would have these special themed shoes each year. And you'd go in and you'd have to wait in a line and get into a virtual queue and spend more money than you normally would to get similar shoes with different color schemes and some other clever details. Well, anyway, uh, my favorite shoes for walking through the parks 
are bright orange and they are themed to Toy Story Mania. They have they have a red tongue on the back of the tongue. And it's Andy's name written just like on the bottom of Woody's shoe and all, on all of his toys. So really, really fun little references on these shoes. But those are my main ones. But then I alternate with a similar pair of New Balance running shoes, my, my road shoes, usually a retired pair. Or in this case, lately, it's just been my main pair because I haven't been able to run for, for some time. Although we're getting close. We're getting close to me <laughs> running again. So, yeah, I try to alternate between those. I have done an entire Parks Day in um, in a pair of Birkenstocks. Hmm. But it has to be a really, you got to have the, I, for me, I have to have the heel strap on it, which I always do when I have Birkenstocks. But it has to be a really well, like, broken in pair of Birks, where not every pair of Birks can do this. And, yeah, I would never wear flip-flops. That seems like... That seems like a crazy maybe maybe if you stopped at the hotel and you're going back out for dinner, that sort of thing, you can wear something that's less practical. But if you're going all day, yeah, I got to have some some good running shoes on. That's what I tend to go with. Um, Steph, what about you? Yeah. So I, if I wore flip flops, it would just be to get on like Splash Mountain or something and then they come right back <laughs> off. <laughs> but just like you guys, you guys are professional park goers. Obviously, you wear you bring more than one pair of shoes because they they are concrete by the end of the first day of your park day. So once you switch them out your next day you know, you have your lighter on your feet. So, but I usually wear, I have a pair of Adidas and they have like the memory foam inside. Mm -hmm. And I love these shoes. They are so comfortable. I always wear them on day one of my trip. And then I switch them off with like a running shoe. But yeah, so for, for new park goers, you know, they don't know when they, they'll, they'll want to bring in new shoes. Like, don't do that. Don't bring Ugh. in new shoes. You, they need to be yeah. broken in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, definitely. If you're going to be at the parks more than one day, you need to bring two pairs of shoes and and alternate them each day. So, yep, that's what I say. <laughs> yeah, Eric, you and Steph together, Teresa does that same thing. She always brings two pairs and she wears one. She alternates one pair one day, one pair because she said because what happens is it helps you from getting blisters and stuff because it's mm -hmm. they're not rubbing the same places. Right. Right. Um, I have been very lucky, knock on wood, that I don't really ever get blisters so oh, well feet of steel tag yeah, yeah i don't know man. I, I have other problems but that is not one of them um all right well if you are a patreon supporter at the hubcrawl.com slash support we do have a bonus question coming up where we are talking about a treat we would like to banish from the parks i think it's going to get get heated here so but for for the regular folks uh that does it for this episode of the hub crawl we'd like to thank our guests where can people find you remind people where they can find you if you have anything you want to plug steph where can people find you online if they want to want to follow in your escapades if you want to follow me you can follow me on instagram at magic key adventures that's magic underscore key underscore adventures it's just me and my three boys every time we go to disneyland our goal this year is to go every single month so yeah tag along with us while we go to disneyland and ruthie how about uh how about you just look for our podcast jiminy crickets podcast it's with an exclamation point and then the website is jcricketspodcast.blogspot.com. So that has all of the episodes that we've ever made on the website. So you can go back to, I mean, there's web episodes from before I was even a co-host, but, and then we also have a 
YouTube show. And we also do post um, the audio versions on YouTube of our um, podcast when we can. We do a lot of music episodes, so we can't put those on YouTube because they'll block it because of, you know, music rights and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But we we put as many episodes as we can on the YouTube channel. So that's DisneyChris.com and that's dot com is spelled out. So check us out. And I'm sure because we try and do kind of a little bit of everything, there's something for everybody, any Disney fan. Well, that sounds amazing. Uh, I know that people listening to this podcast love podcasts so they can go listen to yet another one. We've already we've we've plugged my other ones. We've plugged Eric's other ones. <laughs> and now we can have people go and uh, and listen to yours, too. And then, you know, hopefully they like all of us and uh, they don't leave. <laughs> they don't go. No more hub crawl. I don't have time for it. (laughs) (laughs) And those of you who are still listening, thanks for joining us. And join us next time where we continue to talk all things Disney. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye.